0: Eh, okay well you know let's let's talk about microsoft at this point we're just gonna yeah, keep going with let's go the, let's go with let's all go, the logical transitions let's go back let's go back negative no not necessarily so for so let's talk about so i am i i sent a link to um the new surface pro 3 ads let's talk about that first since that's more ambiguous Okay. All right. So with that one, Microsoft has made a couple of ads that are taking aim. So the the whole tagline of the Surface Pro 3 has been that it's, it's the, it's the tablet that can replace your laptop. It's a, a, you know, kind of like a no compromises device. It's not a stripped down laptop. It's not a silly tablet device. It's, it's a full powered, a full powered uh, workhorse. And they take aim at the MacBook Air in particular because they're kind of in the same price class at about like $1,100. And it kind of just shows that they show off all the pen input stuff and how it has the detachable
1: keyboard and the kickstand and all this kind of
0: stuff. So did you see any of these?
1: I don't know. I I saw that uh, these had been going around this week, but I haven't actually watched any of them.
0: So overall, like, I don't know if you saw the windows phone ones that they did recently, but basically it's just in, in uh, they're accompanied by a uh, series voice just saying, Oh no, I can't do that. And it's like a bunch of ridiculous stuff in, in very Microsoft fashion. And I I like that they're going after the main competitor, but it, they show it in weird situations where like they are the only situations where a surface is slightly better. So I don't I don't I'm just not sure if this is gonna be an effective advertising campaign. Not that Microsoft's campaigns in the past have done a whole lot for the sales of this type of device. So which what we'll are, talk about what later. Are some-
1: what are some of these situations where a surface works better? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being a smart ass. No, like, sure. So masking. they're they're saying instances where you'd want the kickstand, where you can
0: kind of you can watch video and you can do work, um, with or without a keyboard attached. Uh, the fact that you can take out the pen and annotate on screen, that you can run full Photoshop on on this Windows Core i5 device, and just kind of you can, you, it's more flexible with input and how you can use it. It doesn't, of course, mention that Windows 8.1's mess or that nobody likes Windows or <laughs> that overall MacBook Air is a better product um, or any of that stuff. But I think it's interesting that they're still trying. Like, the ads have definitely gotten more on point. Like, do you remember when the original service came out and they had that weird one that was just, like, telling you to click in and it was everybody acting like they were, like, a transformer or something? <laughs> I, yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Like, the advertising is definitely getting better. And... I think the Surface Pro 3 is probably the most compelling of any of the Surface Editions so far. It's just that it runs Windows 8, which is just a confused operating system.
1: Well, uh, so okay, so one of the things that on the on this topic of the, you know, the things that the Surface does better. So I for a long time I've thought that the whole What's this thing called? The smart cover, the the type cover, type cover, smart. Smart cover is the iPad thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that the type cover, it, which is this this cover, which is similar to a smart cover, but actually has a, a keyboard built into it. Really good idea, and I, I think most people say the keyboard works generally well. feels feels pretty good. I, what I think I've actually noticed more that i i I've seen a couple of these out there now, like mostly in airports and, and when traveling It doesn't seem like there's ever an an ideal situation where that propping up the propping up the surface with that keyboard works really well like it doesn't work well on your lap, it doesn't work well on a seat back tray on an airplane. I guess it works okay if you're, like, physically at a table, but then, you know, why wouldn't you just want a laptop? So, I, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like one of the the key selling differentiators for the Surface may not actually be all that useful in practice.
0: Well, that's why it's detachable. Well, but I mean... I, mean, I guess I guess their counter-argument would be it's no less useful than an iPad at that point, <laughs> except that it runs... Like a full (laughs) desktop operating system, so you can have your you can have your uh, Microsoft Excel in there. Mm. Can't can't do pivot tables on on a on an iPad.
1: Well, you 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 joke about that, but we we were talking about this. That that for me is the reason why I could never really try to use something like Numbers or Google. No, I'm not joking.
0: I'm not joking at all. Yeah. Again, that's the only compelling part of a surface for me.
1: But like I l- literally literally the one and only application I would ever want when I'm, you know, on my iPad and don't have access to a laptop is Excel. And I I feel like I'm I'm in the most extreme edge case of that possible cuz my entire job basically is in Excel. And that's, you know, that certainly that's not everybody's job. Hmm. And I feel like I, f- I feel like spreadsheets. I mean, maybe it's maybe I feel this way because I'm not as involved in a word processor. But I feel like spreadsheets are sort of like the one main production application that you can't replicate on a tablet as well. Like, I feel like a, a word processor or like a PowerPoint presentation thing, like you you could replicate that on a, a tablet better.
0: Well, and actually. Uh- Let's bring this around. So this is actually what I would say where the Surface Pro is actually a compelling product. Cause we've talked about recently that, it, so while you can't replicate the experience of Excel or that type of productivity application on a tablet effectively, and you think you can with word processing, but think about actually getting like a project done, actually switching between applications and doing things like that. That is where I think Microsoft has better chance of convincing people that the Surface is a better product because switching between applications and collecting data from one sheet to another and just working on an entire project that isn't just typing what you think still requires a full computer doesn't it it does so that that would be a reason to go run out and buy a surface pro 3
1: hmm I have a, I have actually have a really good friend who bought one of these like two months ago. I haven't asked him how that's been going. I should ask and bring back the findings. Well, does he have a Mac? No. Does he have an iPad? No.
0: So then it's the best possible product for him. Again, like, I don't, no, here's the thing. I don't don't deny that it's a good product. I don't, if you're not an Apple person or if that's not the life, the ecosystem you want to buy into, it's the best possible thing out there. There's nothing else. Like a Nexus 7 or a Nexus 10 or whatever those things are called,
1: is not for him. So, hmm. no. As 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 you and I were discussing earlier, I'm I'm actually holding my Nexus 7 now. It's it's best for being a, a navigation device when you otherwise don't have uh, internet access. That's what it excels at. And we have shown that that is now now unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah I, d- I didn't realize that iOS had that, the ability to do the offline, uh, maps in, uh, uh Google, Google Maps, but yep. the more you know. Yep. Um, mm, so, but okay, so they're, the, you know, Microsoft's doing this whole new ad campaign, but is, is, is something like that really going to be enough to overcome a, now what is this a 1.7 billion dollar cumulative loss? No, on surface? No. So I mean so what I work? mean what what's the point? <laughs> so what's the point? Uh, again, we've talked about this before
0: and I think it's that isn't Microsoft just compelled to try? Like they can't they're Microsoft. They can't just give up.
1: Uh, yeah, but oh, I just it's it's been such a such a crazy 5 years for them where everybody knows that f- smartphones and tablets are where things are going and they just have not been able to come up with anything compelling. And I I agree they they do need to keep trying. It's it's too big of a space to not try, but it just at this point it feels like what could they possibly do now to Differentiate themselves and come up with a product that, you know, as you like to say, gains a lot of traction. I just don't, I just don't see, I don't see what that is. I mean, is, is it too late already? I mean, it, are, are things like iOS and Android already too cemented into, you know, into you know, consumers' minds and the, you know, market share that it's not even possible for somebody like Microsoft to come in.
0: I don't think that's true, but I think it is
1: for developers. Hmm. So meaning that you don't really think that supporting a third platform is necessarily viable.
0: Correct. And in the sense that even if we pretend that the Surface was a flawless product based on just what's pre-installed, once you try to do anything else on it, I think is where it all falls apart and where an Apple or a Google device would be a much better choice right because again in their quest for having like no compromise types of devices they're keeping all the old baggage of windows which makes for a less friendly mobile operating system and by trying to support all this touch enabled stuff you have kind of a crappy desktop experience so i don't know they're they're in a they're in a really tricky situation but again like so the question is does microsoft even need to be doing this can they just concede to have lost this category? I th- well, because people still I, buy PCs, don't they? It,
1: mm, yeah, they do. But I it to me, it feels like if you think if you think about the next five to ten years, if they completely give up on smartphones and tablets, they but nobody are, said smartphones. Well, but Windows Phone is basically in the same situation as Surface, where it it, it just hasn't no in not, any not way at all. caught nope, on. Nope. Nope. You're saying Windows Phone is a success? No. So what are you saying?
0: I'm saying that Windows Phone has the chance of success, whereas the Surface doesn't. Okay. Surface cannot get cheap enough where it becomes a viable product unless all of a sudden it just magically, like, everybody decides to get on board with it. Whereas in developing countries and, and perhaps at the low end of the American unsubsidized market, Windows Phone still has a shot.
1: Okay, well, what what I was gonna say is, if they do get out of both smartphones and tablets, then effectively they'd be giving up on consumers, which is is potentially okay. I mean, Microsoft has a very profitable enterprise business, you know, very similar to somebody like an IBM. But it seems like if you if you want to remain competitive in consumers' eyes, you need to be competitive in tablets and smartphones.
0: Eh, not sure about that.
1: Well, I mean, what what else would you be competitive on and still be able to, you know, make products that consumers find interesting?
0: Well, consumers don't have
1: to find Microsoft's products interesting. Well, they do if Microsoft (laughs) wants to stay in the consumer space. Do they? I mean, they certainly do now, but do they need to be? Does Microsoft need to be consumer-focused? Correct. No, I'm saying I'm saying I'm not saying they have to be. I'm saying if they want to be, then they have to be um, competitive in tablets and smartphones. I I think there's a very reasonable case to be made that yeah, they should just dump all that and just completely you know as you like again like you like to say double down on things like you know Windows Azure and all of their other sort of more enterprise focused services.
0: Like I think Microsoft Windows will still maintain or will still continue to be a thing as pro as, as the most popular desktop operating system for a very, very, very long time. And I think the profit centers will continue to be uh, enterprise solutions, Microsoft exchange, and increasingly to a lesser extent, Microsoft office. But I don't think they need to continue this losing strategy on consumer electronics with the surface. I think they have a good thing going with Xbox, sort of, right now. Um, and I think Windows Phone still has some room to grow. And I think the acquisition of Nokia means that they must keep trying for a while. But I think Surface is just a very, very strange... It's a strange product. And the thing is, if Surface didn't exist, Microsoft could guide a different company to make a Surface-like product which would still move Windows licenses, which accomplishes the same thing.
1: Hmm. I mean, is that even a viable option, though? Like, in in a world where there are iPads and Android tablets, do you think a comp, like, I don't know, I, I'm just coming up with a random company, like LG or HTC, like, would, would one of these companies be willing to pay Microsoft for an operating system to use on a tablet
0: um, are are you joking?
1: Hold on, no. Like, I just, I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm not really sure what incentive a third party hardware company would have in paying Microsoft to, to use their software.
0: Uh, I'm sending you some links to some stuff.
1: Okay. Oh, you see, we, we're we're using this this new thing, and it's it's in the other channel, and I didn't even, I didn't see, I didn't see it was there. It should have a little dot next to it well it it does i just I didn't notice that now okay, so what 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 is what is all this
0: So there are already many many other companies making surface like things. Lenovo makes it, Acer makes it, Sony makes it, Toshiba makes it. I mean, of course they're not very good. I mean, they're probably even worse <laughs> than the surface because again, the software's confused, and they're aiming for a price point that's much lower than the surface, which means the hardware is shoddier, but yes. Somebody else would
1: be willing to make the hardware. really you're really you're really, uh, you're really selling the uh, promise of other hardware manufacturers stepping in and doing this. I'm not saying it has to be good. it just has to exist. <laughs> See I, com- I completely disagree. I think in order to have no, no success, it, it's, no, it it's, has to be good. No but I didn't say it had to be successful either.
0: this This is not an Apple situation. like no, nobody cares about this. Like an iPad mm. needs to be good sort of. Like an iPhone needs to be
1: great. Microsoft, people don't expect that. This this Lumia 520 link you sent me, this this $40 price, is this, is this on a contract? No, that's off contract. That's what I'm telling you. So again, ignore that Seriously? one. Seriously?
0: Mm-hmm. Like if you ever lost your iPhone and you were in a pinch and you needed a phone, I would say go out in a second and buy that. It is a very competent smartphone you can throw your SIM card into and be okay.
1: How is this thing only 40 bucks? That's crazy. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Huh.
0: Again, this is where Windows Phone has room to grow in developing markets and at the super low end in the United States.
1: But it, yeah, so the, so some of that some of some of these articles have come out this week because of the Microsoft along with Nokia, which you know, they now own, came out with, came out with some like $25 phone that I I saw was going around, but so, what what does Microsoft really get out of doing that? Advertising revenue,
0: vendor lock in, all these things. Why do Why does Google make Android?
1: Well, okay, that's fair. But Google Google's bread and butter is serving you ads. That's certainly not the case with Microsoft. D- do you not think that Microsoft
0: would like Bing to
1: be a success? They would, but I don't think Bing is. So, do you think Windows sense. Phone is? A success? Correct. No. So Microsoft's a company of losing products. Again, I don't. <laughs> but I think what I'm saying is that you know Google can afford to give away Android because it, it serves their end game, which is to serve more ads. Microsoft's end game is not to serve more ads. So, but yeah, that's one you thing already, they do. But, but,
0: the, but you just kept try- you were trying to spin the story that Microsoft doesn't have the luxury of not trying.
1: So what No, I I think they I think they could not try. I think they could get out of the consumer space and it, it'd, it'd be fine. They'd continue to be a multi-billion dollar enormously profitable company. Huh. I mean, very very little of their profits today come from consumer-facing products and services, correct? Correct. Really, you know, Just Windows Xbox. Windows I, I don't, I don't know if they break out in their financials the breakout between like consumer and business licenses of Windows. Same with Office. So I, I don't know if there's a way to determine, you know, what what share of those profits and those revenues come from consumers. But you know, it, it seems it seems like Microsoft could just get away from. They could just you know turn their backs on consumers and be you know none the poorer for it. They could, but they won't. No, I don't think they will either. Especially when you, when you when you factor in, what do you, what do you call this? You call this, this this halo effect where people, the devices they use in their personal lives, they also want to use at work?
0: Well, no. That's just the consumerization of IT, that people want to use the devices they actually like at work. And companies have really wisened up to BYOD and find that it's cheaper to just reimburse customers for their service, make them buy the devices, and just standardize on supporting one certain type of exchange profile for it.
1: So that seems like that's a that's a risk to Microsoft too, right? If everybody wants to use iPhones, that's that's a problem.
0: Not really, because the back end will just run on an exchange. Well, fair. Google Apps, that's that's the problem. But Ugh. And Microsoft's getting it from all sides. And they sure are. No sleep for Bomber. <laughs> well, not Bomber's problem anymore. I'm sure he still stays up at night waiting,
1: <laughs> thinking about it. Ah, uh, not anymore. I bet this this Clippers thing will be. Uh, this will this will keep him busy.
0: What what's the? What, oh, who, mm, he probably calls up Blake Griffin in the middle of the night asking for advice about what to do with Bing. <laughs> is Blake Griffin the one? Is who's the one in the Kia commercials? That's that
1: is Blake Griffin. Okay, he's the one that everybody likes, right? Um, if fans like him, players don't. Okay. That, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Okay. So, what else, what else do we got? Uh, I don't know. It's your show. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's actually your show, but it's, it's kind of you to infer that it's or imply rather that it's my show. Thank you. Um, I, so I actually think there, this headline on Ars Technica caught my attention. I was not aware of this at all, but this is the, Ten-year anniversary, kind of unofficial anniversary of podcasting. Don't you mean netcasting? <laughs> or yeah, or, or as some call it, uh, netcasting. As as one as one old man in Petaluma calls it. Oh uh, yes, um, crazy. That that's
0: um. Wait, I don't think that's true. How is that possible? Wait, again, you you sent me an article that I haven't read yet, but because the iPod came out in two thousand two.
1: Yeah, but podcasts weren't initially around. So that what they what they cite, what the Zars Technica cites, is that uh, Adam Curry came out in August thirteenth, two thousand four, um, came out with a show, a recorded show that he then you know kind of electronically distributed. Now they they do grant that there were some other folks, I guess, like in two thousand three. Who did something similar? So the, the date's either 2003 or 2004. It Does it doesn't really matter for the context of what we're talking about. Um, but I anyway, I, I thought what would be kind of interesting to discuss because you know as you know as Merlin likes to say, what's really interesting about uh, podcasts is when you talk about podcasting on a podcast. So I figured we'd do some of that. Um, what are some of your favorite shows? What do what do you what do you listen to when you're not listening to uh, technically correct? Which I know you do, you know, religiously.
0: Uh, no, I, I've I've listened to one and a half uh, one of one and a half
1: episodes of this show,
0: and that was plenty for me.
1: Wow, this dog's cute. Um, it's kind of a kind of a weird picture in this article. It's a, like a pug behind a microphone. I don't really cute. get it, but eh, whatever. Oh, you don't like pugs? Uh, I'm I'm neutral. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. I don't want to upset the, the you know the pug lovers of the of the audience. Okay.
0: Um, so the shows that I like,
1: all right. So
0: of the technology ones, uh, I enjoy, uh, the talk show with John Gruber. Um, I am still subscribed to the accidental tech podcast, which I listen, um, to only if it's a, J- uh, a John Syracuse heavy episode. Um, still subscribed to back to work, which I'm very, very, very behind on. Uh, and then for like pop culture stuff, um, have you listened to 99% invisible?
1: No, I haven't heard of this.
0: Uh, that is a, an absolutely fantastic show that I'd recommend um, listening to. It's a show about um, it's about design, architecture, and and just kind of the world around you. So very, mm. very good. Um, then this American Life, of course, and kind of the standard like NPR stuff, like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Fresh Air. Um, oh, and Planet Money is always fantastic. Radio Lab. Yeah, that's that's mostly it. It's a good list. Yeah. And if you ever want to go for something silly, uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself is pretty decent. <laughs> I haven't heard of that either. Uh, it's a couple of Canadian people, but it's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> well, no, it's just two Canadian com- comedians, and it is very funny uh, listening to the cultural differences. Hmm. But they live in Vancouver, so it's not really Canada. <laughs> or well, Jeez. like, well, no, no, Canada is, or sorry, Vancouver is, it's like almost part of Washington. It's nuts. Just how close it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, seriously. Do you not know where Vancouver is? I, I do. It's I like mean, a I, one hour drive from Seattle.
1: Sure. Yeah. That's every, every country has a, you know, a border. So inevitably some cities are going to be close to that border and therefore geographically close to another country. Yes. I'm not sure Vancouver is particularly unique in that way. Mm, okay. Anyway,
0: it's <laughs> almost America.
1: Oh, uh, we should we should have a segment of the show where we you know you just talk about geography. <laughs> I think that would be that'd be really insightful. The North Pole? What's up with that? <laughs> oh boy. Um, that's a that's a good um, yeah, that's a good variety of shows. I I have many many of the similar shows. This American Life. Radio Lab, Planet Money, the 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 NPR trifecta. Um, I, you know, I, you're not, you're a little bit cooler on Back to Work. I actually really, really like Back to Work. Um, I, you know, no, you know, no kidding here. I, I actually found when I was looking for a new job, um, almost two years ago now, I really found Back to Work and Dan's other show Quit to be. Inspirational is a little bit of a strong word, but I, it, it, they are shows that I really took to heart during that time. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of valuable things that they say. Um, um, so I, I really enjoy Back to Work. It, it does skew into like the comic book stuff a little bit too much and this and that. So a little hit or miss, but I, I still really enjoy it. Um, but the, the two that I'm actually really, really into are, uh, the first is called the Giant Bombcast, which is done by GiantBomb.com, which is my kind of go-to video game news website. Um, and then the other is uh, the Bill Simmons BS Report, which is the Grantland one. Of, one of the Grantland podcasts. Uh, it's the one that uh, Bill Simmons, who founded Grantland. It's so the one he does, and it's it's really, really good. He it's a it's mostly sports focused, mostly um the basketball and football, but yeah, he does go into baseball and occasionally hockey, and he also occasionally goes into the uh pop culture stuff. Like he did a really good series of shows around the last season of Breaking Bad, which were really good. Um Grantland has a couple of different TV editors and TV reviewers, so he was having on folks from there um really really good show. Uh the, the bs reports actually probably my favorite current podcast. um i think i think that's about i guess that's about it. Well, let's look at the list here. yeah, i think that's kind of kind of the big ones. yeah, i remember you had suggested listening to the
0: to the bs report and i and it's uh...
1: To be honest, there there are going to be episodes which are just not like I think some of the basketball ones you'd actually be into, but I mean certainly the football stuff that's you know that that's not your thing.
0: I I only enjoyed the pop culture ones, and even those, I mean there, were, there was a there were a couple good ones, but not something that I would get into. But I still encourage people to give it a try. But if anybody wants to listen to a back catalog episode of that, uh, there was one where he had um, ah, oh, what's his name, the guy from SNL. Oh, I, I know what you're
1: talking the about. The one who did know. the
0: uh, TV Funhouse, and he was uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog.
1: Um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, this is gonna bite me now. Well, you, you can look it up. Because I, I this, this, the other thing I wanted to segue in with this podcast discussion is I've been using Overcast, uh, which is a, a app we briefly mentioned. Robert's last week. Or the, there you go. Uh, this is an app you mentioned last week or the week before when it first came out. This is Marco Arment's uh, new podcasting app. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, I I didn't really even give it much of a shot because I was 110% content with Instacast. I just didn't really see any reason in the world to switch. Um, but uh, sure enough, like a week or after I said that, an update to Instacast came out where the app no longer responds to my iHome, uh, iPhone dock, which is what I use to listen to podcasts, like when I'm, you know, falling asleep. And it's what I use for my alarm clock. Um, the, the main thing I use is there's a sleep function on the iHome. And that's, that's one of the things that's just no longer responsive to Instacast. So, you know, kind of a, kind of a problem. Um and so I I tried a couple different things to get that to work nothing did so I'm like well you know maybe this is a good excuse to try Instacast or I'm sorry Overcast (laughs) yeah the names are very confusing um I like it I really like it it's very simple um it it, I guess Instacast always has maybe felt a little clunky a little busy. Whereas Overcast is just, it's very, it's got a very iOS 7-y kind of look. Um, and a very sort of, I mean, very, definitely a very Insta Paper style look. Like it's, it's not hard to tell that this was written by the creator of Insta Paper. Um, and, and I, I really like it. It's, it's, it's yeah, I, I, there really hasn't been much that I haven't liked about it. So I'm, I'm actually kind of, you know, I'm kind of content sticking with it. Well, that's good to hear.
0: I will probably try it once streaming support is officially added, because that's still a complete non-starter for me. But
1: yeah, Marco, Marco was saying on—I finally caught up with um, the episode of the talk show he was on. He was saying that the, with the, his custom audio engine, it's it's very difficult to implement streaming. So he—it's something he's going to add, but it's just going to—it's going to take a little bit of time.
0: So then, just disable the smart speed stuff with streaming
1: well no it, it's not it's not that easy i guess i don't it know. has to be that easy well well he also had concerns about what the ui would look like you know how would you select between streaming or downloading like all this different stuff um anyway he said he said he's working on it just gonna you know it's gonna be a little while well i i found that so that the the two big audio effects so he's got a like kind of an equalizer type of effect and a um like a dynamic, you know, kind of speed up function. And I, I, I actually, I didn't really try the the boosting one, but I did try the smart speed and I don't know. I thought, I thought it was just kind of, kind of weird. I, I don't know. It just, well, to I mean, me, did you
0: notice difference? Like, did it feel like oh, it was? Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And it, it's actually kind of cool. It, it actually there's a little bar that shows you how much it's speeding up the show. So it'll say like, oh, this is 1.2x, or this is 1.6x, and it, you can see the bar going. You know, it, it's constantly moving. Um, I tried it on a couple of different shows, and it just just not my thing. I don't know. I I think the natural breaks and sort of pauses in a show are kind of part of what make a show what it is. So I don't I don't know I think artificially speeding that up just feels kind of weird. I like how you I like how you put the pause in there for effect. Nicely done.
0: I'm just giving uh giving the listeners an option to test out uh Yeah, test
1: out smart speed. Right. I guess yeah, I guess it would have sort of broken out that gap right there. Yes, sir. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add until I can actually
1: take a more extensive test of it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's fine. I. Th- I think you know. I, I'm, I'm. There's not really not much I miss from Instacast. And Insta, uh, like, I don't have much of a problem with
0: Instacast, except uh, still, no matter what I do up next, still will not work properly.
1: Uh, that's that's got to be user error.
0: It's not. And here's the thing: I was playing uh, one podcast, and I forgot to spl- uh, set the sleep timer. And continuous playback was on because you, you, somebody told me that that's what you needed to do for Up Next to work. And then I woke up like four different times, groggily, trying to figure <laughs> out how to turn it off. And it, like when I woke up at seven, it was still playing.
1: There's random
0: podcasts.
1: That's how I. That's how I figured out the Instacast wasn't responding to my iHome anymore. Was that a, that exact same thing where I woke up half asleep a couple times and? And here's the thing. So of course, you
0: can't turn it off because you're just like a.
1: No, you're just, just like, why oh, is there noise in the bed? <laughs> <laughs> uh. All, right. All right. What uh what else you got? We got maybe maybe one one more one more semi long story and I think we can uh we can get this uh the second half done. Go for it. Well, oh, I mean I I you know I'm I'm kind of I'm kinda of looking at you for some help.
0: Oh, I have nothing. <laughs> like well, actually, so let's talk, actually in this case let's talk in brief. Um, so is is Sony outselling the Xbox One?
1: By Still, yeah,
0: no, by a lot. So I I was reading that they had hit the 10 million console uh milestone. So do we have updated figures on the Xbox One? No, not yet. Do we know how many games people are buying on average with with each console?
1: No, that seems like so,
0: that would be a more reasonable or more worthwhile metric.
1: Yeah, the NPD, which is the group that monitors this stuff, a couple of years ago got really weird with how they release numbers. Like a, a lot of the numbers they talk about either are no longer available or they are only available through like a paywall. And so a lot of, a lot of them just aren't available anymore. So I, I think in terms of like, um, attachment rate, which is what you're referring to, where, you know, number of games sold per console, a lot of that stuff just isn't really readily available anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, Microsoft will probably in the next week or so come out. So I mean, actually, well, the time's going to start getting weird now because this, sh- this part of the show is not going to come out for like, two weeks or a week. But anyway, it's some period of time. By the next time we record one of these, Microsoft will come out with their numbers and you know, it'll, it'll probably be similar ish. It'll probably be, my guess is like in the 9 million range. So it's not like they're, they're woefully behind, but they they are certainly behind. And Martin, you know, number of units sold is a, it's a big thing because you know, the install base is really directly what determine is directly what determines how likely developers are to want to develop for your platform.
0: Well, so tell if me which console you bought do you get more use
1: out of? <laughs> well, uh, mostly the PlayStation, just because of that awesome headphone feature that we talked about on the first show. Because I, I actually end up using you know, the PlayStation a lot for streaming video. I, I really don't use either for playing many games right now because there just really aren't that many good games out for either system. So it's still, not, it's still not a good idea to buy either of these things. We're still probably a year or so away from being to the point where there's enough good games to justify buying one or both of the systems.
0: So instead you're telling me to buy an Ouya <laughs>
1: you should buy. You definitely should buy an Ouya.
0: Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, it is. Is that actually still available for sale, or did they already give up on it?
1: No, it, it's available.
0: Okay. If I had to buy a Wii U or an Ouya, which would I buy?
1: You'd buy a Wii U. Hmm. Mostly for Mario Kart.
0: If I were to buy a Sega Dreamcast or an Ouya,
1: you'd probably be better off with the Dreamcast, just because there are a lot of great like sports games for that thing. <laughs>
0: NBA uh, 2K1,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: When the, the Dreamcast it came out alongside the PS2, right in the late nineties. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know they did this crazy thing that would never happen anymore. Where the day they announced the system, like the day they publicly unveiled it, and it, it hadn't leaked at all prior to this. Like it, it literally was just like this this new, uh, never before seen, never before heard of console. They physically released it that same day. So you could go into a GameStop or whatever. I got EB Games, I guess back then, and you could a KB Toys, <laughs> right? You you could physically buy one of these things same day.
0: I'm sure somebody could, somebody who was not well. But, but, well, no, Sega already was a big player back then, right? Well, were they? Oh, yeah. Because the no, the one before that was the Sega Saturn, and I remember we were one of the unfortunate families that actually owned one of those. And that, that was not popular at all.
1: That, that's why you're so negative on games. It's just, you weren't, you weren't brought up the right way. No, I certainly was.
0: Hey, 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 how dare you? No, um, (laughs) we, we had, we had an original NES. We had Duck Hunt. We had a Commodore 64. No, we had, we had the fun stuff. We just, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff you can skip out. Gaming should not be work. Like Duck Hunt was, was outstanding. It was easy to pick up and it was fun. Most other games were not. All right.
1: So, yeah, gaming. Meh. I know. I, I, every one of these shows, I try to sneak in some gaming. And, well, no, let's let's know. talk quickly about um
0: casual gaming. So, uh, are you playing um, Kim Kardashian Hollywood? Because I have opinions on this.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm sure you do. Um, no, I, I cannot say that I've played this. Okay. I'm, I'm aware of its existence, however. All right,
0: you've seen it. Good. So no, I don't actually have opinions on it. But do you what 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 is your opinion on the backlash uh, against games or things that have like virtual items or who did kind of like kind of operate on an addictive gameplay model, just trying to get you for like a dollar or five dollars at a time? I, do you I have as m- much of an, like an aversion to them as
1: not not at all? No, I I see literally nothing wrong with it. Thank you. I, this Much is, this like is surge is pricing, if people correct. get
0: a benefit out of it, like I like I personally, heck no. But if certain people get a
1: benefit out of it, you know what? Dude, go for it. You know, just, I, I, what I am against is games or other sort of applications deceiving people into buying things that they don't feel like they're spending real money for. However, I, I don't really ever hear of any cases like that. Generally, it's 110 percent clear when you're actually spending real money and so long as that's still the case then you know that's it's people's decision whether they want to spend money like nobody's forcing them to exactly
0: like i mean it might be it i mean it might be a completely frivolous pursuit and something that you don't get any lasting value out of but i mean if you decide to do it by all means right yeah but one uh one casual game I would recommend right now um you're a Disney fan right? I am a Disney fan. So there's this new uh game called Sum Sum.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, it's made for the Japanese market um because they did this tie in with um with Line which is kind of like WhatsApp for Asia. Mm-hmm. And um yeah it's a bunch of like little Disney characters um and they have these little things that are called sums which are kind of like just like little like plush uh little head figures. And it's kind of like Bejeweled with like Disney characters. And it's very, very, very fun. And it's free to play. It has some kind of like you can buy rubies and stuff to like get power-ups and stuff. But no, it's still totally free to play. And any responsible adult can get a lot of enjoyment out of it for free. And I highly recommend it. If you just need kind of like a kill two minutes at a time type game.
1: I never got into Bejeweled.
0: So, do you, do you not play quick
1: games? Not really. Because those no, are the only games I play. The only game I've actually played on my iPhone in the, probably the last, like, six months is 3s. Which, I, by the way, I want to talk to you about 3s at some point. Maybe not this show, but I, 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 no application has ever made me feel as dumb as 3s has. Well, no, let's talk about it now. Wait, okay.
0: So, what's wrong with 3s? I just feel like I suck at it. Well, what's your average score? It's not, it's not good. Like, tell me what it is. Cause I'm not great at it. I don't think I want to tell you what it is. Cause I, I suspect that it's it's really well, not. Well, good. I tell, can I tell you mine and you, you can, well, actually, yeah. I'll just tell, I'll tell it to you so you can feel better. Okay. Mine is generally in the, uh, three to six thousand range.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. That's, that's actually, that's about exactly where I am. Oh. I was going to say like, mine's probably like on the lower end of that spectrum normally if not maybe a little lower
0: yeah i mean threes it threes is an amazing deceptively simple but extremely well-designed game that i have enjoyed tremendously but so what's the deal have you seen this 2048 game I have, yeah. So what is the deal with that? So threes came out first, but then is some some kid just uh, copied it and made it like a Java application and then now nobody wants to pay for the real thing? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, I
1: think 2048 is essentially the same concept, but it's with twos. And I think it's like, I think there are some slight variations with some of the rules, but for the most part, it's like the same thing. Gotcha. Hm. Uh, okay. Well, I, I don't, I, I felt like with threes, I was hearing about people who were like, you know, consistently getting twelve, ten, twelve, fourteen thousand. 10, 12, 14,000. No, so I, I think those like, are one offs. Like sometimes okay. you just get like a
0: really good, you get a really good set. You get, you just get lucky.
1: So what's like, what's the basic strategy? To make three and then put it into a multiple of three. Well, I mean, come on, duh. But like, is it like the way that I looked at it is like every turn I should be trying to, you know, create a number. Like that's basically like this the sound strategy, right? Yeah. Like you really want to avoid turns where all you're doing is like moving tiles without actually creating anything. Yes. Uh, let me try to look up the article. Is there an? I, I do need. I need like an article or something that's just like, hey, this is basic three strategy. That's um, like exa- exa- exactly what I need. Where is it? Yeah.
0: Serenity Caldwell on MacWorld did a. Uh, a really good kind of introductory tutorial. So go ahead and talk about something else and I'll find it.
1: Okay. Well, I I know what I want to, I think, uh, close out, uh, the, the show here with, uh, this is the, this is now, you know, the, the second half of whatever this ends up being. Um, so this is a, I want, I want to kind of mention they're not, not, not a sponsor of course, although, you know, Hey, if you, if you want a sponsor, we're here. Um, splash top. So this is a this is an application that I, for forever I've been looking for a way to remotely access my Mac so that I can listen to the show and you know do all the file formatting and stuff while I'm you know I'm at my desk at work doing things and I can just have, kind of have this thing running in the background. Um, I've I've tried a handful of different remote desktop applications, but. There's always been something that's been missing. Like the big thing with a handful of them has been there's no audio support, which when you're trying to edit and listen to a podcast, that's kind of a problem. Um, Splashtop is just like, it's fantastic. It's super easy. Um, It took literally 10 minutes to set up, if that. Um, It just quietly runs in the background on my Mac. I can boot up the application on my Windows laptop. And, you know, if I have a two monitor setup. So in one monitor, I can just throw this thing on there. And it's literally like I'm just sitting in front of my Mac. Uh, the audio works great. The video's good. You know, there's a slight little delay between the video and the audio, but not nearly enough to cause any major problems. It's close enough to be able to, you know, edit a podcast. Um, it, it's just fantastic. It just it just works incredibly well. And. For the ability to remotely access a computer, so it's completely free when you're using it within the same network. So if you're accessing one computer on the same network, it's totally free. But if you want to access a computer on a different network, like in the case of where my Mac's at home and I'm physically at work, it's only seventeen dollars a year, which is kind of an incredible price. Um, so anyway, if you know if you're, if you're if you're looking for a remote desktop application, um, I cannot possibly recommend SplashTop enough, and it's it's a huge part of you know what makes uh, what makes this show possible, and what makes this now epic epic two part episode possible.
0: So with SplashTop, is it um so previously I'd I'd me LogMeIn for a somewhat similar purpose for remote desktop. So do you have to know like the IP address of your home computer or are you logging in through Splashtop's website that handles all like that DNS and IP routing stuff?
1: Yeah, I I guess it's doing all that behind the scenes. I've never once had to enter in a DNS address or an IP address or any of that. Um, The way it works is you create an account and then when you set up the Uh, application on the computer that you want to be able to access you you know that's where you create the account you log into it um, and then whenever you're accessing the computer from a different device and i should mention this not only works like on a windows computer to a mac it also works from like an iphone to a mac or an iphone to a windows computer, like all different kinds of configurations but when you're accessing a i should just say device remotely you log into that splashtop application It looks to make sure that whatever device you're looking to access is physically turned on. Um, It doesn't even need to be logged in. Like, you know, my Mac goes to sleep or not not to sleep, but it logs out after, you know, whatever, or requires a password after a certain period of time. And so that's fine. And so you log on to Splashtop. And then you also have the um, added security feature if you want of additionally having a security code that you have to enter. So I have that. Then you physically log in to your operating system. So in the case of, you know, OS 10 or OS X, as, as you say, um, you know, you, you enter, <laughs> you enter your password. So really you've, you've got like three different passwords you can enter. So it seems, seems secure, but no, never, never have to enter any sort of like configuration stuff. And is that $18 a year? Is that good for one computer or two computers? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I've only ever used it on my Mac, so I'm not sure. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to give it a try. My hesitation has been that it has
0: um, like the icon and the design of it is is kind of ugly. <laughs> but really there's no there's been no uh, substitute for LogMeIn, which is really disappointing because I don't mind paying a monthly fee for it, but LogMeIn as as you might know like uh, 6 months or a year ago discontinued their free product entirely. And then went, like, very, very, like, corporate only, which was, I think it's, like, $50 a month. Like, it's crazy prices. So.
1: Well, yeah, in in fairness, I should mention that the $17 a year for Splashtop, that's for personal use only. So, you know, you can't really get any ideas of using this for a business or something, but. Well, you could, um, but. Well, you could, but uh, you shouldn't. But you could. But anyway, it's. it's. It's awesome. Um, it's 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 a tremendously good application. I've been wa- I've been wanting to mention it on the show for a while. So you know what uh, what better time than when you're trying to fill up nearly two hours of show, which you know I mean so the you know the listeners they over the last two weeks now have had the experience of having this be a you know seamless you know roughly hour or so long episode each over the last two weeks. But little do they know that we've literally been sitting here for. Over two hours now.
0: It certainly sounds like you're padding this out now.
1: Yeah, just you know, we're just gonna ex- elongate some words, you know, put some bigger pauses in. We're we're really doing everything we can here. We're doing a reverse smart speed. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, no, but I think I think we have um, we have kind of reached the point where you know we can uh, reasonably have two weeks of content here, unless there's anything else that you want to bring up.
0: Well, so I have a couple other questions real quick. Okay. So with Splashtop, does it perform better when you're on a local area network? Like if you're at home, does it avoid the internet and does
1: it smartly figure out that it's just do like a remote desktop thing? That's another good question. I The only time I've ever used it at home is just to make sure it actually worked so that when I went to go use it elsewhere, it, like something wasn't just totally busted. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I I can't really think of a use case where you'd want to just use it within the same network. Like when you're not in front of a computer. Like well, I I I well, guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I'm, I'm in a studio apartment, so I'm always in front of my computer basically. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um but now I, I mean I guess yeah. I, I, mean, I guess if, if it's like you and you're in your big, you know, huge fancy apartment, you know, with many rooms and all that, you know maybe Maybe there could be a, a case for it, but
0: okay. Um, all right. I had a couple. I had
1: a couple other quickies. What What did I have? Hmm. Well, you were you were looking up that threes article, I guess. It yeah, I, more. I, have no, I have no idea. Okay, I, you know, if, if we had show notes yet, then that would have been the place for it. But right. this is another example of why why show notes will need to come at some point.
0: Uh, wait, oh, they're not already. They don't already exist.
1: Uh, not, not in a formal way that that the you know the the people can get to. Darn. We're working on that. The website is um you know for as good as the actual podcast is you know to pat ourselves on the back here. The website is um, uh, outside of the excellent logo we have, the website is uh, let's say lacking.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. Um. You didn't watch today's Giants game. Well, even if I had, r- remember that this this episode is going to be um, airing on like August twentieth. Uh, so I don't know how interesting today's Giants game is going to be.
0: Eh, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good.
1: <laughs> might might be uh, might be a little dated.
0: Yeah, but anyway, there, there was a there was a nice, decent uh, squabble about uh, whether or not you can block home plate.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's been a big thing this year. The baseballs really, they've introduced this new rule where they've been basically saying, hey, you can't block the plate.
0: It was pretty good because, no, that, that cost uh, the White Sox seven runs in a single inning because that just kind of blew the whole game wide open.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also, well, the Giants, you know, as of today, this is, this is August 13th that we're recording this. Uh, Giants Again, like, you're, you're breaking the illusion. Well,
0: the, Again, we record this live on demand as people play it every uh, single time. Believe me, by the time I have to somehow
1: figure out how to break this into two episodes, it will be painfully clear this is not one single go. Um, but you know, but they're five and a half games back now. I think maybe by the time we come back on August 27th, they uh, maybe they'll be you know ten games back. How are the Angels doing? Angels are good. Angels are hanging in there. They're they're not well. Damn. How better they? <laughs> No, they're they're good. They're they're, they're they're not the top of their division. Well, they're not because the A's are the best team in baseball. You're darn right there.
0: Oh god.
1: Well, I I don't even want to say that they had the best record in baseball. The home of um, recently priced churros. Is that what?
0: That that's the uh, tagline of the O uh, O.co Coliseum. <laughs> god, that's a. What? Have you you have you been to an A's game?
1: I've been to one. Oh, but the food is so much more reasonably priced, and it's not. You talk about the churros like on your walk from Bart to the stadium. No, on the inside. Oh, they they sell some churros, not not officially, but there there are you know people who sell churros in between Bart and the stadium, and those are also very reasonably priced, and they're pretty good.
0: (laughs) Well AT&T's food pricing is a little nuts, but
1: well, it's you know fancy San Francisco man. Mm, It's a hot dog. Doesn't doesn't (laughs) need doesn't need to be nine (laughs) dollars. I think it's. I think you're thinking of a giant's dog. Mm,
0: doggy diner. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, we're five minutes back.
1: Just keep, just keep elongating. You know? No,
0: I had something. Whatever. Okay. Let's let's wrap this up. I had something good to talk about, but
1: you know what? Now I'm going to save it. Okay. Well, you know. So we'll. You know, we'll see how this goes I mean now at this at this point of the show people will have known how this two parter thing worked out um not something we should be doing very often but um you know every once in a while it'll come up yes sir well that was a that was an exciting way to end the show yep
0: all right you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna add all, all references yeah, to split oh, it
1: up. oh yeah no we're yeah we're from both parts we're just we're cutting a lot of it out Yep. It'll, by the time by the time we're done, it's going to be like 30 minutes of an episode.
0: No, that's fine. Yeah, we'll prep for a good one. We'll have our our workflow streamlined, and it'll it'll be good.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right, man.